Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What's up, guys? Brendan Boydlin here, host of the Houdat Discussion. You can also follow all of my New Orleans Saints content with the Saints News Network there at si.com forward slash NFL forward slash Saints. Or if you need something a little easier to remember, just go to www.getsaintsnews.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at BT Boylan. That's at B-T-B-O-Y-L-A-N. Follow all my different sports ventures, film ventures. I have a lot of fun stuff uh, upcoming, but I wanted to take a second to thank all of you guys for your reviews, shares, likes, and comments since I've taken over the podcast it means the world and man we have some fun fun saints news uh one we've been waiting on anxiously all off season it finally comes and that's Jameis winston being named the starting quarterback of the new orleans saints for the 2021 nfl regular season and i have a very special guest yeah the og AG, Andrew Galata, he's going to be joining us on the other side of the intro. Here we go. All things New Orleans Saints. This is Who Dat Discussion. Who Dat? Who Dat? Who Dat? Who Dat? Who Dat? Say they're Powered by Overtime Media. All right, guys. I said he was coming back, the OG, just checking in. I think we're going to try to do this uh, every so often. Andrew Galata coming in, the founder, the creator of the Houdat discussion. He's doing a lot of great things up in that New York metro area, but he's always got a little time to talk New Orleans Saints, and I wanted to bring him in to talk about the biggest news of the offseason. As I said, Jameis Winston has officially been named the starting quarterback of the New Orleans Saints for the 2021 NFL season. Uh, reports say that Sean Payton, he went about it the right way, and he informed Taysom Hill Thursday, August 26th of the decision. So, Andrew, I had said here on the podcast through my work with the Saints News Network throughout the offseason that I said 98% positive that Jameis was going to end up winning this job. He does that. What are your initial thoughts on Winston winning the job? And how does this change the dynamic of a New Orleans Saints offense that hasn't really been able to stretch the field over the last few years? So first off, Brendan, I should say, I want to say, I'm back. I guess I got I to gotta do something a little like that. So thank you for having me. I'm so happy to join you here to talk about this Winston news. I feel like we've been talking about it on the podcast really since the end of last year, who's going to take over Winston Hill. I mean, really this conversation has just consumed the off season. And I, I just had, it was fitting for me to come back here. And as you said, hopefully to be on every few weeks and I definitely love to talk saints with you. I'm really happy uh, to be with here, be with here with you. And like my first reactions, I think as you, I think we all knew that James coming in probably had the edge 
And for me, it wasn't even just because Jameis, you know, at quarterback is better than Taysom Hill, but it's also because Taysom Hill gives you the tight end. He gives you the running back. He gives you the wide receiver. He gives you pump return or pump block, all that stuff. He gives you all of um, those extra features, especially with the Saints roster right now. Injuries may put the roster a little thin. That's just an extra added bonus to having Jameis at QB. And then what we've seen from Jameis, he's earned it. I mean, you know, we were all watching the Monday night game. I think all the Houdat Nation was. And you saw like, okay, this guy's ready to start. And he looked like a different quarterback than when, you know, when, when he was with the Buccaneers. So just when you see all that, you're like, maybe the Saints got something in Jameis. And you look how he's throwing the ball downfield. You said that that really added dimension to the Saints offense that they haven't had since 2017, 2018, uh, 2016 with Drew Brees after his arm started to wane. Uh, in his end of his career so I mean when he threw that first deep ball and he got it over the top of both of the defenders outstanding play by Marquez Callaway as well but when he threw that I was like okay you know this is who we're playing with now and it's something like this it's just something you haven't seen in a while and you're almost surprised that it happened and you know the other deep throw as well it's just it's just something that his arm is better than Taysom Hill's his decision making to me was better than Hill's as well like the ball came out quick, which was really nice to see. Kind of wasn't like 100% like Drew Brees, but it still had, you know, that getting the ball out quick, the rhythm was in place with Hill. I felt like that rhythm wasn't 100% there. And we saw it even when, when he started those four games, it felt like everything was like choppy. And with with Winston, it just didn't, uh, you know, seem like that. So it seems a little more just flowed better. I just, I just feel like with, with Winston, as we saw, him, I think in the first two preseason games, but really happy for James Winston. And I'm excited to see what he can do. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that point up about Taysom. Just going back to that Ravens game, the interesting thing is pro football focus gave Taysom a higher rating uh, than Jameis overall and passing. But you take a look at what Jameis Winston was able to do in the two-minute offense uh, there to end the half. And then you look at some of the decision-making of Taysom Hill. It just felt like he held on to the ball too much. There's a couple Twitter threads that I found very interesting that, that really broke it down and said, and you hate to use the comparison because let's face it, no one's ever going to live up uh, to what Drew Brees meant to this team and to this city. But uh, the thread said, okay, Drew would have had the ball out here. <laughs> Here's Taysom continuing to hold the ball. Here's Taysom continuing to hold the ball and try to scramble. Um, and in a very ironic way as well is for as great of an athlete as Taysom Hill is, he's not a great scrambler. <laughs> and, and there's a talent to that, right? And you look at the different guys, and some of the greats all time in the NFL. You look at guys like Randall Cunningham, who never gets enough credit uh, for how great of a scrambler and uh, playmaker he was. Because he didn't have the, the Super Bowl success and this and that, but that's a different story for a different day. You look at guys like Steve Young and Michael Vick, and those guys were great athletes, but they were also great scramblers um, and being innovative in a way. Um, and, and creating new opportunities in, in every play. And that's what made them so special. With Taysom, you don't have that instinct it is the best way I can describe it. It looks weird when he's like, just he just waits there, waits there. It looks like he wants to throw it and he just can't. And it's just like, you would think like, I don't think he's had any rushing yards in the preseason. I, I don't know if that's to keep him healthy or whatever it is, but you just, you'd think if, you know, if he was showcasing everything he'd run, but it looks like he just waits in the pocket, waits in the pocket. And you're expecting him to at least escape the pocket and maybe make a play to roll out and throw it. But he doesn't even, it just seems like he waits, 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 and then it's too late. So it's just, it looks odd to me. I don't know. I don't know if that's just me or 
other people, but it's something I don't. It's, it's you're right. It's an art. I mean, and maybe he just hasn't had that art. In. And on top of that, you just look at some of the things that happened, especially the first two drives against the Jaguars, taking untimely sacks. Now I understand you take sacks, but back-to-back series third down to take sacks in a game where all the hype and all the buildup by not just the local media, but the national media as well was, well, this is a game that's going to really determine who is going to be the starting quarterback for the saints. And this is going to have a, a lot of implications, especially after the reports earlier in the day from Peter King saying, Hey, Sean's going to announce a starter before the third preseason game. And, and that held to be true. It just seemed like maybe Taysom was trying to do too much, but he just untimely sacks, not great decision-making, and especially trying to follow up a performance that we mentioned earlier with Jameis Winston, who I had tweeted, I thought it was almost a flawless performance. It was a near-perfect performance mm-hmm. in, a, in a game where you had to be. And he was 9 of 10 for 123 yards and two touchdowns, and both touchdowns, remarkable catches mm-hmm. from Marquez Callaway. Uh, the first one, I didn't think he came up with. You, got, you saw the flag come out and all right, the Saints are going to have the ball first and goal at the one. I didn't even realize he had caught the pass watching it real time. Uh, so you said it best. It adds a different dimension to have Jameis as the starting quarterback, especially when you have some question marks, particularly at tight end. Uh, now that you had a couple injuries And we don't really know the status of Adam Troutman. All we do know is that it sounds like he escaped what could have been a very serious injury. Uh, And then you have Nick Vanette, who is going to be out two to four weeks. And then you have Juwan Johnson, who's just making that transition to tight end. At least you could play around in that go-go gadget, joker, jack-of-all-trades type of role for Taysom Hill. And it's going to make the Saints offense more dynamic. The other thing is you look at a guy like Traquan Smith, who is projected to be your number one receiver, and he's going to be one or two. He's going to start for the team, but he hasn't been healthy. Uh, there's a lot of questions after Callaway and Harris on, on the receiver chart. And I know Chris Hogan is a guy that they still have high hopes for in terms of just being a contributor. It just makes a lot more sense because you look back at 2018, the year that Taysom Hill really – emerged as this one-of-a-kind, do-it-all type of player. Uh, An offensive playmaker is the best way to describe him. That's what's going to help the Saints, especially in a transitional year. I still think they're going to be competitive. I still think they're going to be a potential playoff team, but it's a transitional year. I mean, it's your first year in 15 years without Drew Brees at the helm. It's going to be much easier on a guy like Jameis Winston who's trying to revitalize his career if he can rely – on some guys and some playmakers and guys like Taysom Hill, guys like Alvin Kamara, whenever Michael Thomas comes back, I mean, shoot Callaway. Uh, <laughs> what he's shown in the preseason, he's the no, he's the highest graded offensive player by pro football focus through the preseason at this point. It's over 95. And I know you're the <laughs> analytics guy. That's unreal. And I know it's only really two quarters worth of play. It's only one half worth of play, but look what he's done. Uh, It's pretty remarkable, but to me, there's no surprise Jameis was named the starter. I felt like the competition, though I really do believe it was closer than a lot of people think, and everything that I've heard has told me that, 
I think it dragged out a little bit too long. And, and I don't think there's a negative to it being this yeah. long, but at the same time, you kind of knew what you were getting with Jameis. She had the four game sample size that you had mentioned earlier. And with Jameis Winston, a lot of people were excited to potentially see him when Drew got hurt last year. They go with Taysom and that's a Sean Payton promise type of a thing from what I understand that if their opportunity presented himself, Sean promised Taysom he'd get the opportunity to do that. But Jameis deep, deep, big arm, former Heisman trophy winner, former pro bowler. People forget that as well. He was a pro bowler as a rookie season and has continued to show a lot of promise but went through multiple head coaches, multiple offensive coordinators, never really had a run game. And this is going to be really the first chance to see Jameis Winston as a revitalized person. That's what I, next question I want to ask you. We've seen so much growth and maturity um, out of Jameis since coming to New Orleans. How much of that do you think will be reflected in his leadership ability with this team moving forward and how much do you think Sean Payton took notice to more of a grown-up an NFL veteran like Jameis Winston it looks like a changed man I mean he really does and I think that's translating to the football field I think it will I think a lot of it has to do with Sean Payton because I believe in the broadcast in that Monday night game they said you're not going to see the Jameis Winston that was in Tampa that threw the 30 picks and 33 touchdowns and 5,000 yards. Like we don't do that here. I, I think was, was the quote or something like that. Like we, we, we can't do that. And Jameis is going to run our offense and we're going to have, you know, if he can run our offense, that's going to be the big key. And that's all Jameis Winston has to do when you have a guy like Alvin Kamara, hopefully eventually Michael Thomas. I mean, we'll see with Marquez Callaway, who's been obviously, as you said, extremely pleasant surprise. And if he can run the offense and do it well, do it efficiently, honestly, I think that's all you can ask of him. And if he's not throwing 30 interceptions and, you know, you cut that way down, I think he's going to go way, way down because you just look at it. He is not a 30 interception guy throughout his whole career. And when you look at just year over year in, in Tampa Bay, he went from 15, 18, 11, 14, and then the 30. So he's always been around 15. And everyone's been saying, well, if he does 15 interceptions this year, then he's he's good and I I think it may even go down to that 11 area I don't think the touchdowns are going to be as high as they were I think it's going to be you know get the ball out quickly get it to Kamara especially early in the season hand it off to Kamara I think they're going to lean on him early and I think you're going to see quick decision making and yes they're going to throw they're going to take their chances and you know you're going to see it and Sean Payton, he's a master at getting those and disguising those deep plays and getting safeties to bite. We saw it when Priest was in his prime when they had Brandon Cooks running those, uh, you know, deep routes. You had Jimmy Graham running down the seam. It was like, you know, it was just a work of art. And they're going to try stuff like that again. We even saw it in, in, in this game with the Marquez Callaway touchdown, which was, I believe, a Yankee concept where uh Winston basically recognized it and was able to throw over the throw over the safety and if they're going to be able to do that and if you have a guy like Callaway who seems like he can be a little bit of a burner you're hoping Michael Thomas Traquan Smith I think he's a guy that we can both agree on hasn't had that deep ball potential really unlocked yet I mean it's something that like you take your shots where you could get the ball to Kamara in in, in the short area get the ball to Thomas when he's back in the short area 
And Callaway's another guy in the short intermediate. He was really good with Breeze last year. I think that'll continue and, you know, just run the offense, do what Sean Payton's telling you to do. And that's going to do you so, so much good. That's what Breeze did in the beginning of his, uh, of his career in 2006. I mean, Breeze, his first year, it wasn't this amazing, you know, 5,000 yards. It was just, we're not turning the ball over. We're getting it to our playmakers. And that's what I think Winston will do. Now, he doesn't have to be Drew Breeze. I think that's the number one thing. And he knows that. Like, you don't need How to be Drew How many times have you heard him say it? Yeah, he said it so many times. And that's going to continue. So, like, he'll be Jameis Winston in Sean Payton's offense. I think he's going to have a solid year. I just think Sean Payton is such a good offensive coach where this, this offense will be fine. And, you know, I, I think people are going to worry with the, with the weapons. I think, you know, there's definitely a source of, you know, uh, worry with the lack of weapons, but I mean, Sean Payton, we know he's an offensive genius. I think he'll unlock the best of Jameis Winston. And if Winston is going to buy into the system, which I think he's had, I, I think he'll be set. I wanted to touch on what you said about the interceptions and the turnovers. Winston has a league high total of 111 turnovers for between 2015 and 2019. And that's been one of the biggest knocks on his NFL career to this point. But let's look at the teams that Jameis had in Tampa Bay. Jameis was 28 and 42 as a starter in Tampa Bay with 121 touchdowns to 88 interceptions and nearly 20,000 yards. What does that tell you and me, Andrew? That tells me this is a guy that was playing from behind a lot. And it was a gunslinger mentality, right? Everybody loves Brett Favre. I loved Brett Favre. (laughs) Because there was that, I don't care. I'm just going to try to make the biggest play possible whenever I can. Now, I'm not going to compare Jameis to Brett Favre because I don't think anybody's ever going to be the gunslinger that Brett Favre uh, was. But Jameis was playing from behind a lot. He was trying to make a lot of big plays. And even if you go through the 2019 season, 5,000 yards, 30 touchdowns, 30 interceptions like you referenced, if you really go back and you watch the tape, there are different moments where you're like, wow, Jameis looks really good. He had some awesome games. I mean, and then just some – clunkers i mean that that but that but that was the bruce arian system and then everyone blamed it on Jameis. and then you know obviously arians goes out gets tom brady and the rest is history but like that system wasn't really set up for Jameis to you know to handle the ball like sean payton's gonna do and like obviously Jameis made his own mistakes but you know you probably shouldn't have been like okay Jameis, just let him run free and you know he was obviously that gunslinger i agree with you he is it's just it's so it's like, you know, that that year, especially because the years before, you know, I believe Dirk Cutter was their their head coach and he was a lot less, you know, a lot more controlled, a lot less gunslinger like. And you saw the numbers, you know, 11 interceptions and Dirk Cutter is nowhere near Sean Payton. I, I, I just feel like Arians, as much as you think like, oh, a gunslinger coach with a gunslinger quarterback would work out. It just it, it, it compiled in on itself and you got the, the high yards and touchdowns and you got the high interceptions. So. I don't know. It's, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what he does, but he, you got to trust Sean Payton. That's just how I feel. Well, and Arians too. If you look at the different quarterbacks that mm. played under Arians, there is a trend of that first year being exactly. high in interceptions, high in yards, and high in touchdowns. And for whatever reason, let's, let's put it this way: one time, two times, it's a fluke. It's what it is. 
but there's a trend there in first-year quarterbacks until Tom Brady, who might be the anomaly, because let's face it, Tom Brady he is, is the anomaly. <laughs> he's the anomaly to everything, his whole NFL career. But with Jameis, he never had a solid offensive line. He never had a run game. And Saints fans aren't going to like to hear this. Mike Evans is a very talented receiver. He's one of the best in the league. But that's all, that's all Jameis had. And then people also forget in 2018 with Jameis, you had this weird Fitz magic season. I believe that was 18. Yeah. To where Jameis took a back seat and then was the starter. And did he handle it with grace? Yes. Maybe not as much grace as he handled last season and being humbled, but there was a lot of weird factors into Jameis Winston's young career. And I do feel like this is a, second a true second start to a career for Jameis I'm super excited for what he can do but before we move on I do want to talk about Taysom Hill who I think you have to applaud because this was a true quarterback competition for a guy that a lot of people wouldn't label as an NFL quarterback and at 31 years old uh, you knew it was going to be an uphill battle to be named the quarterback and obviously for the reasons we brought up earlier just being a a multi-tool type of a guy to an offense, but we didn't know what we were going to get out of Taysom those four games last year. He proved he could be enough of a game manager to win some games, but maybe not enough of a true field general to feel comfortable going through a now 17-game schedule. For me, for first of all, I mean, I, I don't want to make this like a rag on Taysom Hill because like people do that for, to me, no reason. I mean, the guy started playing quarterback, I mean, in this Drew Brees, Sean Payton system 2017, I guess, when he came in. And it was like, you know, as you said, 2018, he started making the big plays. He was no way, he's made leaps and bounds ahead of where he was at like BYU. And you just got to give him all the credit in the world at 27, 28 to still grind out work his tail off with with Sean Payton and get to a spot where he was in a quarterback competition and you know you said earlier like you wish it didn't get to like to go this long into the 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 preseason that was because of Taysom Hill you know my opinion he came in improved not improved enough and you know you obviously still see his flaws obviously Rome wasn't built in one day it's not going to happen over time just because how raw he was at such an old age as well and it's just like for him, I, I I do believe he can win you football games. But as you said, over a 17 game season, it's like how first of all, how many can you can he get you to win? And it's just like, again, the way the roller coaster way of his play, I just don't think, you know, you're going to get, you know, like a 13 and three Drew Brees season, even with a great defense. Like it's it just it was too much of a roller coaster up and down big play. And then it just goes dry for for a few drives. And I think that had to do with his decision-making at the end of the day. It was just too slow. And that's when you see the turnovers, the sacks and all that stuff. And, you know, you saw with Winston making the quick, quicker decisions. Maybe it wasn't the quickest like Breeze would make, but it was quicker than Taysom Hill. And you're like, okay, this is something that, you know, it's at least it's not noticeably long. Like Taysom Hill for me, just watching the game to see how, just how long it was noticeably longer than any other quarterback, any other starting quarterback. And, you know, at the end of the day, I think that's kind of what, you know, he's going to still have to work on if he still wants to be a quarterback in the NFL. That's, you know, he'll be 32 going into free agency. Maybe another team would take 
a chance on him to be a quarterback and who knows where the Saints will be in a year with James Winston. He'll be due for free agency as well. And that'll be a whole nother conversation. But Taysom Hill, I commend him for, for, for going after it again, getting better again. And he's going to be a big key to the Saints team, especially without Michael Thomas early on, especially with the injuries at tight end. And to me, I just feel like for him, he, he's a guy that's extremely hard worker. He's coming in. I, I think everyone respects him. I think, you know, you, he can definitely be a guy that you could rally around, but at the end of the day, you see he's still raw and Jameis Winston's less raw. And he's a guy that I think you feel comfortable, like in a two minute drill, I'd feel comfortable with Jameis Winston leading this team. And with Hill, I'd be like, Oh boy, you know, we don't know what we're getting. You can get amazing or you can get three and out and gone. And I, to me, that's just kind of, what I saw from Hill at the end of the day, I think he got better at some things, which was great, but still, I mean, he's, he's got a long way to, you know, to develop, to be, you know, full every, every day starter. And um, we'll see if he ever gets there. He's now what's going to be 32 going into next year. <laughs> It'll be interesting, but for him, definitely, uh, you know, happy he got the shot. And I was, I was also happy to see he got that four games because you at least want to see what he's got. So um, you know, I, I think with with Hill, I think you saw everything that, you know, he has. And Winston, I think, is clearly the better quarterback and clearly won the battle. You have to commend a guy, as you said, for his age and, and nobody beats father time. And this might have been Taysom's true last opportunity to, to win a starting job in the NFL. But something you can never take away from Taysom Hill is what you said there at the end is he started four games at quarterback in the NFL. And he went three and one. There are not a lot of guys that get the opportunity to start a game. And there's not a lot of guys that go and win multiple games for you in a stretch where you might be, in Taysom's case, he probably will be a career long backup. And that's simply because his age. Now, before we take a break, I do want to harp on this because you said it best. People, people just go to town when it comes to talking poorly about Taysom Hill for what you said, no real reason because he is a huge part of the Saints success over the last few seasons. And as you said, he will be uh, a part of the Saints success this year for Taysom Hill for as raw of a prospect at quarterback as he is. I think a lot of this has to do with age because if he was 24 this year, and you had him and Winston going into these one-year contracts and he barely loses out, there's still hope. Wow, this guy's still young. He's still developing. He showed us last year what he could do. But at the end of the day, you're talking about a guy who's 31 years old this year. People very quickly forget four season-ending injuries at BYU. Honestly, to overcome that and get to the league is a thing of of itself. And... Like I said, if this guy was seven years young, even if the guy was five years younger, we're in a completely different conversation. Maybe the Saints use him as a, as a trade asset because there's going to be another team that's interested. There's a lot of different ways this could go if Taysom wasn't in his 30s and a guy who is not a pocket passer. Because something else that I said, I believe it was on, one of the last two podcasts that I've done is Taysom as a mobile guy. The legs start to go out about this time. 
Look at some of the greats. I mentioned some of the greats already. Yeah. Cunningham, Young, Vic, all those guys. About 32 years old, noticeably lost a step. And that's going to be a thing with Taysom as well. Could he learn to be a pocket passer? At least in the preseason, I didn't see enough of that to warrant that that's even a, a true possibility at this age. But as we both said, you have to commend the guy because the only reason it took until the last week of the preseason to name a starter is because of Taysom Hill. And you look yeah. at guys like our friend John Hendricks, Nick Underhill, you go back and you read some of those tweets throughout training camp, and both of them will tell you straight up, Taysom Hill won a lot of those days in the head-to-head. And I think that speaks a lot to Taysom Hill. So we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to wrap up our thoughts on Jameis Winston being named the new starting quarterback for the New Orleans Saints. And we're going to talk about a very, very difficult topic with a hurricane coming straight for Louisiana uh, that doesn't just affect football and a cancellation of a game, but affects the entire state and its people. We'll be right back. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, guys, we're here to wrap up our thoughts on Jameis Winston. Uh, After 15 years of Drew Brees at the helm, week one, we already knew it was going to look a little different for the New Orleans Saints, but after the Monday night performance against the Jacksonville Jaguars, I think Saints fans have a lot to be excited about with Jameis Winston being named the starter. We had an interesting thing with Jameis this offseason, Andrew, and that was – we didn't know what kind of contract that he was going to get. And we didn't know if he was going to return to the new Orleans saints. We had sources to you and I that were saying Jameis and his agent were looking for somewhere around a four year contract. Uh, But it seemed like there weren't enough teams that wanted to commit that type of money for that long to a guy that didn't even play a half of football at quarterback in a regular season game last year, which I totally understand. So Jameis goes on to sign a one-year contract to return to New Orleans to bet on himself and say, hey, I'm still a top quality quarterback in the NFL. He's shown some glimpses of it. I know I'm excited to see what he can do. We brought it up a little bit earlier. Uh, Let's see, the pass to Callaway. The first touchdown, longest air yards distance 
on a Saints touchdown since 2016. I almost couldn't believe that. I know Drew's arm started depleting over the years. <laughs> it was a deep but, pass, though. It was like 56 yards. I mean, that's, that, that's, that's a bomb. That's, that's a bomb. <laughs> but I was just surprised that it had been that long. And then just listening to you talk about some different shots and how the offense is going to open up. You mentioned Brandon Cooks' name. I said, wow, I guess it really has been that long since Brandon Cooks was a member of the New Orleans Saints offense because you think of like the 99-yard touchdown against the Oakland Raiders in yeah. week one of the 2016 season. Drew let that one fly. And that was a dot. <laughs> we, we, we had a lot of those and uh, very thankful for the years I got to cover Drew's career. Very thankful for the years I got to just watch and, and absorb it as a young fan and journalist, now journalist. Uh, but Jameis brings something completely different to this New Orleans offense. And I do want to read a quote from him earlier this year uh, when talking about Drew Brees. He said, quote, I would love to carry that torch for him. I would love to be able to provide the excitement and joy and resilience that he provided for this city. I said it earlier on the podcast. I was very open in the offseason saying I thought it was a 98% chance that Jameis was going to be named the starting quarterback of this team. And you look back even to Drew Brees' final game in the black and gold and the wonderful work uh, of Fox's broadcast team grabbing that great moment between Drew and Jameis on the sideline where Drew tapped him on the chest, pointed right at him, and said something along the lines of, it's your time now, or this is your team now. I had no doubt in my mind Jameis would be the guy. And I think something that doesn't get talked about enough is the unique relationship that Jameis and Drew built in just a year. You hear how highly Drew speaks of Jameis. And I go all the way back to Jameis re-signing with the Saints in his media press conference via Zoom in his own home, where he got very emotional talking about his relationship with Drew Brees. And even as recent as Jameis saying, one of the biggest things he learned from Drew was be Bruce Wayne until you have to be Batman. How much of Drew Brees do you think we'll see in this new New Orleans Saints offense, if you will? It's, I mean, Jameis Winston is going to be Jameis Winston. And that's, I think, the biggest thing. Will you see... I guess some of the same plays he had. Because Jameis Winston's got a great arm. I mean, you can go back, and everyone laughs at him with the 30 and 30 season. You go back to some of the – even the Saints – even when the Saints swept them that year, he had some great throws in that game where he was throwing – I mean, it was like Breeze. It was between the safeties. It was just like, it, you know, he's just slicing up the zones. And you're like, this guy, he – there's something here. And you just have to mold it. And – you know, I'm pretty sure Jameis in college didn't have his senior year. I believe he left after his junior year. And I, I think last year was his senior year of college with Drew Brees and the impact that he brought. You know, I, I really think, it. you know, that whole year for Jameis, I think it really made him think. And it, it just it was like, how can I see the game better? How can I do what Drew does? And I, I think Jameis is going to be easier to, you know, he was like, you don't have to be Batman every play. So Brees told him or something like that, something along those lines. And, you know, you don't have to win. You don't throw a touchdown on every play. You just got to make positive plays. And I think we are going to see that. 
I, I think those little those little option routes to Kamara are still going to be in there, and I think Jameis is going to be able to throw them. I think, you know, probably not as good as Breeze, but it's going to be there. I mean, the offense, I think, will be similar because Jameis is, I think, I mean, just a more, you know, that pocket QB, kind of like Breeze. I mean, obviously a different as Breeze is shorter, not as good as arm as Jameis, more accurate as Jameis, but at least, you know, with Taysom, it would have been the running, a lot different. This is at least it's probably going to be the same offense that Sean Payton puts out. And look, I, I think Jameis is a good leader. I think he learned a ton from Drew Brees. And I, I think it made him better for it. He, he feels like a completely different leader. You know, with the Bucks, a lot of people said that, you know, he was, whatever it was with him, he wasn't, you know, um, 100%, you know, just it wasn't 100% clicking there, you know, forever maybe with him and, you know, the rest of the team and the coaching staff. Obviously, you saw all the changes that were there. He couldn't really be that leader. He was always trying to prove something, whether it was to the media or the team or um, the, 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 the other people around the organization. It just felt like the match wasn't there with the Saints. It feels like he's wanted here. It feels like Sean Payton wants him. And I think that's why he took, you know, you, you go back why he took the one-year deal. I think that's why he wanted to do it. He knew that he this was going to be his best shot. He was wanted here. The Saints built a good offense around him. And it, I think it comes down to that at the end of the day. And he finally doesn't have to have someone breathing down his neck, whether it be Fitzpatrick or, you know, whoever it may be, he's going to get a shot here and he's going to try to now parlay that into, you know, resurrection of his career. And, you know, you got to salute him for that. I think he's going to, I think he'll have a pretty good season just because like we saw what, what Sean Payton did with Taysom Hill, you know, in those four games and the Saints were, I think, good enough. You know, they won three games, as he said, um, you know, and that's, I think, a lot to do with Sean Payton, a lot to do with the defense. I, I think you're going to see success. Will it be to the level of Breeze? Not first year. I mean, I'm just going to go out and say it. he's not going to throw for five. People think he'll throw for 40 touchdowns and 5,000 yards. Maybe he will. And it'll be, and it'll just be an amazing season, but I don't think so. I think it'll be probably around that 4,000 yard range. To me, I think if the interceptions are low, no matter where his touchdown touchdowns are, you're happy in my opinion. And it's kind of just take it from there. So for me, I, I, I do think that he deserved this shot. He's getting it. And I think that, you know, as you said, that moment of, okay, this is your team now with, with Breeze. I think it was that passing of the guard moment. And now Winston's going to get his shot, you know, to, to, to try to prove a lot of people wrong. Cause he still has a lot of people that don't think and don't believe in him outside of the Saints building. But I, I think he finally found a place where they do believe in him. And now he's got the keys to the kingdom. We talk about fit a whole lot when we talk about the NBA in guys being drafted to the right team in the right system. I don't think we talk about it enough in the NFL, particularly with quarterbacks. I think there's this wild expectation for quarterbacks that are selected very high in the first round just to come in and have immediate success. And I mentioned it earlier while we were talking, Jameis didn't have consistent coaching. Jameis didn't have a consistent supporting staff uh, or supporting cast. And now you look at New Orleans, and I think you, you summed that up best. You have a team that believes in him, a front office, a coach that believes in him. But, man, that locker room really fell in love with Jameis Winston, even while he was a backup quarterback. And, and yeah. you look at the relationship, and there's something magical about the Saints locker room. We've said that for four years now. But there are a lot of guys, and there were some reports for me in Rappaport today as well, that the locker room was very supportive of Jameis being named the starter. And there were reports last season that when Taysom got named the starter, the locker room was pretty 50-50 about it, which tells me Jameis was able to win this locker room over fairly quickly 
And I think that's only going to do him good. Um, I'm excited for what Jameis can do. I believe this is a real opportunity for him, as you said, to resurrect his career. I don't think in the NFL we get a whole lot of opportunities where we can say this is a true second start of your career. And I think this is a, a really unique opportunity for Jameis Winston. He played this great, in my opinion. You know, he went from let's just completely wash Tampa Bay out and then, you know, go – and go one year with the Saints and then to come back. He probably knew Breeze was going to be, you know, at the end of his career here. And then he gets, I mean, you know, a lot of people talk about Teddy Bridgewater and he went to Carolina, which, you know, he made his money and that's great for him. But, you know, we see him now. He's already in a new, a, a new place with Denver. So like to get a starting role, you know, for the full season with Sean Payton and trying to resurrect your career, there's no better place. No, he, he played it absolutely perfect. And I think it speaks a lot about Jameis to take that back seat in his yeah. very own words, enroll in the QBU yeah. and just learn because at that age, with that much experience, it takes a lot of guts to be able to look yourself in the mirror and be like, I have some growing up and learning to do. That's exactly what Jameis did. So I think we're both in agreement, uh, excited about what Jameis can do for this offense. Well-deserved. Um, and that's that's the biggest news of the offseason to this point, which has been a crazy offseason for the New Orleans Saints. But Jameis Winston uh, officially named the starter. That was uh, Friday, August the 27th. Now, we have some more news, and this is a little bit more heavy and less lighthearted than our conversation between uh, Hill and Winston with the news, uh, Winston being named the starter. Uh, the Saints have canceled Saturday's preseason finale against the Arizona Cardinals because of the looming impact of Hurricane Ida. Uh, I was keeping up with it a lot of the day, uh, and obviously I was traveling today as well, but it sounds like this thing could strengthen to a Category 4. I know a lot of people have already evacuated. Obviously, if you're listening to this podcast and you're in the area, I'm sure you are well aware uh, there are lots and lots of parts of Louisiana, majority of Louisiana that has been um, informed that they should evacuate if possible. Um, the Saints game, they initially tried moving it up uh, to noon central time kickoff. And then, like I said, I think the weather, the weather channel, the meteorologists, they said, hey, guys, this thing's getting bad. Uh, projecting winds up to 140 miles per hour by the time it hits land. And there was a big statement that came out from uh, the team. And then uh, also the, um, the head of Homeland security, the governor uh, of the state of Louisiana, there was a lot of people that had some influence and some words um, on this. The saints also announced that they will be uh, in communication with season ticket holders about potential ways to, to make up for the preseason game. But at the end of the day, this isn't important. The Saints game against the Cardinals is not important. I know that we could sit here and have a little bit more of a lighthearted conversation about how this affects some bubble guys. And yeah, I know fans definitely care about that. Um, and, and there are just definitely some guys we were rooting for to make the team. And we knew that Saturday was going to be a huge game for them in terms of where their status as a member of the team lies. But 
I feel like all off season we were hearing about different tropical storms, different hurricanes that were uh, hitting the Gulf Coast region, uh, potentially impacting New Orleans. But this one, this one could be very, very bad uh, and could leave a lot of damage. So as I said, if you're in the area and you're able to get out, please do get out. And this is something that is much more important than the Saints playing, honestly, a very meaningless final game of the preseason. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it would have been the smartest to have. I mean, even if the Superdome wasn't sold out, what is that, 70,000 people, you know, <laughs> and everyone's going to try. Like, I think the, the thought is if everyone evacuates, that would be, you know, to have a game that ends probably around three, four o'clock to get everyone out by the nighttime. It's, you know, it's something that you probably didn't want happening. It's a preseason game. At the end of the day, as you said, you'd like to talk about or whatever the, the bubble players but at the end of the day it's a third preseason game the Saints said they probably won't be playing a lot of their starters anyway so again I, I don't think that's really should be the conversation to be quite honest with you so I mean definitely thinking you know of everyone in that area you know thoughts and prayers for sure hope everyone stays safe you know as someone from you know New York you get <laughs> I definitely know about hurricanes and that type of stuff and it just seems like the Gulf Coast always gets hit hard with that so um, definitely thoughts and prayers that everyone you know, definitely stay safe. If, you know, evacuation, definitely, uh, if you can get out, definitely do. I mean, that's stuff you definitely cannot, you know, mess with. It's one of those things. And just hopefully, you know, it blows off course, hopefully, you know, I know that's uh, definitely everyone's thinking of that and hoping, but I, I think for sure it's to play this game would have been, would have been something that I just don't think it would have been possible. Well, the Saints have made plans to evacuate to, to Dallas. Uh, they're going to ride out the storm there. That was reported by NOLA.com. And remember the Saints last year, they stayed home when Hurricane Zeta hit uh, in October. Uh, this time they're going to head to Dallas and uh, potentially practice at AT&T Stadium if need be. So, uh, we don't want to leave it on a, a heavy-hearted conversation, but as we said, if you are in the area and you can get out, uh, please do. Everybody in Louisiana, uh, New Orleans, Louisiana, Texas, Mississippi, you guys stay safe. Uh, we're, we're thinking about you guys. Uh, but, Andrew, it's, it's your first time back on the show uh, since uh, we had the changing uh, of guards and passed the torch. So give us a little life update. What are you up to? Um, and any closing thoughts on uh, what was a really big decision made by the Saints today? Yeah, I mean, I, first of all, I, it's always a pleasure to talk with you, Brendan. Like, I mean, I'm so happy that you were able to, uh, you know, link up for this podcast. Thank you for having me. And, you know, it's just, for me, I love talking about the Saints. Really happy I was able to do that. And hopefully every few weeks we could definitely continue this. But I mean, right now, I mean, I'm, you know, as I said in the last podcast, you know, I'm interning with, with the Giants that's going on, just like the Saints training camp, regular season's coming up, definitely a lot of fun there. Um, you know, when looking at uh, just around the NFL, I'm definitely just all cued in on that. So that's really, really fun. Been able to do a lot of cool stuff uh, with them on Twitter. You guys can follow me at Andrew Galata. You know, you've, you, you probably know that if you were listening to some other podcasts, but always say that a lot. Uh, as well and then you know for me school starting again and then hopefully I'll be able to call some games so you may see that on social media as well so uh yeah it's definitely should be a really fun football 
uh, you know, season. And I'm looking forward to it to have, you know, a lot of different areas of football, whether it be the Saints, rest of the NFL, college. I'm just so, so excited. Well, before we sign off, uh, where can everybody follow you? I know you kind of cut yourself off there, but for the new people here, the new listeners, oh. where can they follow you on uh, on social media and where can we find some of your other work? Yeah, so um, social media, Twitter, really the main one, at Andrew Galata. And then from there, you can, you know, usually I retweet all that stuff and you can find uh, all my work from there. And uh, yeah, that's kind of, uh, you know, a nice basis where you could kind of see. Usually I, I always retweet stuff that, you know, I've been doing. And uh, yeah, that's that's kind of where, where my social media lands. Well, that is uh, the OG, Mr. AG, Andrew Galata, the, the creator and founder of the Houdat Discussion. Very thankful that I'm able to fill in for the 2021 season as you have some other endeavors. Uh, for myself, Brendan Boylan, you can follow me on Twitter at BT Boylan, at B-T-B-O-Y-L-A-N. It's the same for Instagram. Uh, and you can follow all of my different work uh, covering the New Orleans Saints. Uh, with the Saints News Network. They're on si.com forward slash NFL forward slash Saints. Uh, you can also find them on www.getsaintsnews.com. I have a lot of projects film-wise. I'm also very excited to share uh, with you guys. So please give me a follow uh, and keep up with all that stuff. We're going to be taking some mailbag questions throughout the season. So make sure you also follow the podcast on Twitter. Uh, at the Houdat Dis, D-I-S. And we're really looking forward to an exciting 2021 NFL regular season with Jameis Winston at the helm of the New Orleans Saints offense. That's all the time we have for today's podcast. As always, find your peace, spread love, practice positivity, and we'll see you on the next episode of the Houdat Discussion. <laughs>